Genetics isn't always black and white, and the emotions and decisions surrounding genetic testing can be even more complex. Welcome to Patient Stories with Gray Genetics. I'm Eleanor Griffith, a certified genetic counselor and the founder of Gray Genetics, a telehealth genetic counseling and consulting service. It seems like there are constantly headlines in the news about genetics, but few news stories focus on the patient experience. At Gray Genetics, we are collecting patient stories, your stories. Every other Tuesday, we share an interview with a patient or a genetic counselor. Today, I'm interviewing Colleen McCready. Colleen and many of her family members have familial hypercholesterolemia, a genetic condition that predisposes to very high cholesterol. Colleen is an advocate for the Familial Hypercholesterolemia Foundation and was interested in coming on the podcast to raise awareness for FH. Hi, Colleen. Hi, Eleanor. Thank you for having me. So when you initially reached out to me about being on the podcast, you wrote that you've had, you had high cholesterol your whole life. When and how did you realize that you had high cholesterol, and at what point did you realize that it was genetic? Sure. Well, originally I was diagnosed at age 14. Um, when I was 14, though, I was a young, skinny, you know, very athletic, muscular kid that you know, didn't eat crazy amounts of, like, hamburgers. First of all, I wasn't really too much of a meat eater as it was. Um, So to be told that my cholesterol, when they checked it during a normal physical, was over 300 was pretty crazy. But I didn't understand the implications of that when I was that age. Mm -hmm. Um, What made it more real was when they started to take me to the cardiology um, appointments and you know, having stress tests and just checking, like, the overall general health of my heart. Um, I still didn't understand, like, what it all meant. Did they put you on medication at age 14? Um, No, they actually didn't. I don't think they really understood what it all meant then. Um, I think that was, you know, that was in 92. um, And that may have been just the very beginning of when statins had started to come out. Okay. Um, so yeah, I had no treatment from 14 to 34. So 20, 20 years. Fast forward, I have two kids and I decide that, you know, after 20 something years, I want to quit smoking. So I went for another physical, um, because my, my doctor had insisted on it. So I go and I have my cholesterol checked and she calls me up two days later telling me that she has to see me. I have to come in. She has to talk to me. So I go in to see her and I was nervous because I thought she found something really serious. And she said, do you know that your cholesterol is almost four times what it should be? And I was like, no, I mean, I I had high cholesterol my whole life, but I didn't think it was like important. So she was like, yeah, it's very important. And then she started questioning me about my family history. I didn't understand at the time what it all meant, how it connected. Um, But I had um, discussed with her, you know, my half-brother had had seven heart attacks by that time. Um, He started in his early 30s, and he had two bypasses um, and plenty of stents. Um, So it was just crazy, you know. And she had just said to me, not the words FH, but... Um, she told me a hereditary type of cholesterol, high cholesterol. 
So originally diagnosed at 14 and then diagnosed officially again at age 34. What changed for you in terms of your um, medical management or your care, Um, just knowing that that was something in the family? Sure. So I, you know, I started on a statin um, when I was 34 and, you know, she threw pretty much everything at me. Um, The first statin I went on um, was Crestor and I actually, about a month, month and a half in, I actually got rhabdomyolysis from the Crestor. Um, which kind of started to change like how we were going to treat it because not only did I have a very severe reaction to the strongest statin that they had, which at the time was um, one of the only treatments for my kind of cholesterol, Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't have much of a lowering also. So my LDL started at around 350, but after the highest dose of Crestor, my LDL was only still around like 200, so it wasn't even cut in half. Uh huh. So it was pretty concerning um, at that time. You know, we didn't, we weren't really sure like how we were going to do this. I went through quite a few doctors because I felt like many of them didn't understand, even though they were lipidologists and and intern medicine people they didn't really understand the seriousness of this um i also went to cardiology appointments and it was like they didn't take this serious either and they didn't understand how bad it was so did they not see like were they aware of how high your levels were did they think it was more lifestyle related like you must not have a healthy diet or something i mean yeah a a lot of us fh get that um people with cholesterol levels like ours, you know, three and a half, four times, um, what the norm is, but you could never eat that much fat. Um, you know, even my sister who was obese, her cholesterol was almost normal. It was slightly elevated and her diet was terrible. And for her to have, you know, lower cholesterol than me was crazy. After you learned that it was something genetic, did other family members get different care based on that fact? Or, like, did your half-brother, did he receive different care? I, unfortunately, am not that close with my half-brother. I am hoping that the fact that I let him know that we do have, you know, a genetic disorder um, that runs in our family, I hope that he's getting the treatment that he needs. Mm -hmm. Um, You know... My cousin, though, who also has FH, um, has been on statins and um, currently, I think, is trying to get access to the new PCSK9 inhibitors, which are the best kind of drugs for this um, hereditary cholesterol issue. What has been like the impact on your life with having that really high cholesterol? You're still in your 30s now, is that right? No, actually, I'm 41. Um the impact that it's had has been pretty terrific and terrific. I mean, by like, it's a lot to deal with. Um, you know, just trying to take your pills every day is difficult because you don't feel sick all the time. Uh You know, you feel like a normal person and it's, it's hard to be like, yeah, I'm, I have this issue that I have to treat and I have to do it every day. And it's hard to remember that. Um, I had my first cardiac cath when I was 40, which was crazy. 
because um, I was having some issues with my heart. What is that procedure like? Sure. Well, a cardiac cath is, it was pretty simple, actually. It was really, um, I felt really well taken care of by the place that I w- went to, the hospital. Um, they did a great job. But at the same time, it's like, I'm 40 years old. I can't believe this is happening to me, you know. But it's also peace of mind because when they do it, they can really see, like, okay, how much damage is here and do we have to do a stent and, you know, all this stuff. So it was educating, um, enlightening, but kind of scary at the same time. Yeah. You know, so your life changes a lot with this disease. Even when we were trying to coordinate a time for this interview, you're like, I have to, I have to check when I have my cardiology appointment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I had to go and have my heart ultrasound and like doing the stress tests every year and, you know, taking the medication and it's just, it's crazy, you know, and I'm a mom and I work and I have a house I have to take care of and I have, you know, errands and I have kids I have to pick up and schlep everywhere and, you know, it's like trying to fit your health in between all of this stuff is crazy sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And have your, um, so you have two kids, is that right? I do. I have two wonderful, beautiful kids. Um, my oldest is 18 now and my youngest is about to be 15, so. And have they had their cholesterol checked or genetic testing done, or how do how do they see all of these issues? Well, I've had um, the two of them checked multiple times. My youngest actually has higher than normal cholesterol, like not anything that we're quite concerned about yet. But I'm tending to lean towards she has FH versus my oldest because my oldest cholesterol, her LDL is usually like sixty, which is totally normal. Um, yeah, whereas my other one is closer to a hundred. So I know that's normal, but it's still, it's still concerning to me, you know, and this is, this is kind of the thing that you have to worry about with FH is like passing it on and teaching your children that even if you don't show any signs of high cholesterol and your tests are normal, you still have to worry about it because you still could pass it somehow and you know, it's just crazy. So tell me, how do your, like, for your daughters and especially for your, for Ashley, who's 15, um, what does she think about having high cholesterol? Like you were saying that even for you, it's hard to uh, take medica- medication every day when you feel sick. Um, is she, does she express, like, much understanding of the reason she might have to take medication too, or is she more resistant? Yeah, I mean, she's kind of resistant to all of this, you know. Um, nobody likes to think that they're sick, um, especially when you can't see it or feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have explained multiple times about, the, you know, the difficulties inherent in this and, you know, just the fact that you really have to be proactive about your own health, about eating, eating healthy um, and taking care of yourself and making sure to take your medication Um, because otherwise, you know, I already have heart disease. It could get much worse if I don't take care of this. I really think that I've passed it on to at least one of my kids though. You know, it's, it's scary. I just, I want my kids to be aware. That's all, you know, to really just be aware and know that this is very serious and if at some point their cholesterol is raised, then they need to really take it serious. 
and actually my youngest is going to be going with me for cholesterol testing again um, this year. She hasn't had it in a while, so I just want to see what her levels are like. I know you mentioned that you, you know, for your daughters, one of your concerns related to them having genetic testing done would be um, genetic discrimination from future employers, for instance. Talk to me a little bit about that. Sure. Well, the current law, which is GINA, um, Genetic Information you know, Protection, um, protects uh, an employee from discrimination from their employer. Um, the problem with that is that could be rolled back at any point in time or modified. Um, you know, I worry about my kids because, you know, they have their whole lives ahead of them. Um, if they need insurance or need a job or you know, there's no guarantee in life that they're going to be protected um, if they do have genetic testing. So that is really concerning for me. Um, you know, I want to protect my kids just like everybody else wants to protect their kids from any kind of, you know, wrong step, um, you know, in life. You know, that could have such an implication on their future. Yeah. And Gina, the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act specifically protects people against discrimination um, by health insurers, but doesn't say anything about discrimination by employers. Is that right? So there have been some some possible loopholes or different ways of looking at that that have been concerning? Absolutely. Um, You know, an employer um, can push you into participating in their health um, programs that they have. They could push you to um, have genetic testing, and then they could fine you if you don't want to participate. There's actually been instances of that. Um, I'm also concerned about um, the parts of Gina that don't protect um, people from, which is you know getting an insurance uh, mortgage, um, getting insurance like life insurance. Um, that is not protected under Gina. And long-term um, disability insurance also not included. Absolutely. So all those things can really, you know, have a, a huge impact on your future and your life. You know, what if you wanted to buy a house, but you couldn't because you had, you know, a genetic issue and they just didn't want to give you a loan because they were afraid you weren't going to be able to pay it back. Right. Or, you know, to protect your future, you want health insurance, um, uh, life insurance, and, you know, they won't give you that either because you have potential for cancer or heart disease so yeah it's concerning and I don't want to put that on my kids you know I just want them to live their lives you know I would love to know if my daughter has it I'm almost positive she does but yeah I don't want to burden her either so you've been an advocate with the familial hypercholesterolemia foundation for four years now what's your what's your work what do they do and what's your work like with them as an advocate Sure. We all raise awareness. Um, They actually do a lot of patient-centered raising of awareness. Uh, They they liaison with doctors, um, with geneticists like yourself, Um, and they get people on board. You know, they want doctors talking about FH, and they want doctors understanding that this is 90% undiagnosed in the population. And in order to find these people before they have a heart event, um, we have to get out there and we have to let people know about this disease and have them understand um, how serious it is. I'm curious, why do you think, so if only like 10% of people who are estimated to have this condition actually have a diagnosis, why is that given that 
um, testing cholesterol levels is such a routine part of medical care at different points in people's lives. So I think that part of it is the fact that a lot of FH have near to slightly elevated um, cholesterol levels that seem more normal than they really are. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe doctors aren't getting their family history as much as they should um, and understanding how important that is to connect to FH. Um, I mean, really, and educating doctors, just you know, knowing what to look for when they have patients come to them with certain things, you know? Yeah. And what, what do you wish for everyone listening? Like, what do you wish that doctors knew about FH, but also just that individuals like lay people knew about FH? Well, I wish that people just knew that FH is treatable. And, you know, this is a disease that doesn't have to go all the way to heart disease. Um, As long as you treat it, um, you know, you take your medications, you make sure you, you stay up to date with your doctor's visits. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that serious. And I just wish that doctors knew, you know, to look for it and that it's not a unicorn. It's more like a horse or a zebra. Like it's something much more common than what they actually think. I just feel like we're vilified a lot. Um, You know, doctors and nurses are constantly like, oh, well, what do you eat? You know, and it's not about our diet and you know, even if we are obese, <laughs> it has nothing to do with our obesity. It It is related to a mutation in our liver. You know, we have no control over that. So I just wish that people would just be more compassionate. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview and being willing to share so much of your personal story with FH. Yeah, thank you for, you know, allowing me to kind of shine a spotlight on FH. I think this is really important and for people to hear it, you know, Maybe someone will, you know, go get a test and understand their family history, you know, and if this helps one person, I mean, it's definitely worth it. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute medical advice and is also not a substitute for genetic counseling. Neither Gray Genetics nor any of its guests makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information contained in this podcast. Evaluation of an individual's personal and family health history is a crucial part of genetic counseling and any recommendations.